You're listening to the Level Flight Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. And welcome back, everyone, to the Level Flight Podcast. This is episode 26. I've been activated off of IR. I am no longer coughing every three seconds. I'm alive. Uh, Elliot's joining me right now. Connor is currently, you know, the big media member he is. Uh, he is currently at uh, Canada Life Center for uh, Manitoba Moose practice. They kick things off this Friday, so they're getting things going. Uh, he's going to be joining us shortly from presumably the arena, uh, so we'll We'll have him join us uh, shortly, but right now, uh, it's just me and Elliot. Elliot, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'd probably be feeling a little bit better if the series was in a different place with the Jets, but hey, can't really complain. Yeah, so essentially what we're going to be doing here today is just going over what happened in in the whiteout because uh, it, they, the Jets are heading back to Vegas with their season on the line now when we hoped that it would either be even or just closer. Um, So there's a lot to talk about, especially in the first game, because that was insane. Uh, And then we're going to check in with uh, some moose talk in which Connor will join us to uh, actually, you know, uh, you know, give us the inside look. Uh, We've got some Danny Jilkin talk because he's now at practice with the team. Um, So no, there's a, there's a lot to uh, take in there. Um, but no, we're going to actually start though, uh, first of all, with the return of the whiteout first actual in-person whiteout since 2019, um, before the game even started, before anything happened, um, I got to say chills. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. It, it seemed like it was rocking in there. Um, my girlfriend actually ended up going to this game she said it was loud in there obviously the beginning of the game it was a little quiet but she said before the game started and we'll get into it when the comeback started to happen she said like she said her ears were hurting it was that loud in there so yeah and uh i know that uh connor ended up um he was at game four and speaking of here he's now here Look at that. In the arena. He's, hang, from, he's uh, hanging out uh, at CLC. I'm just chilling at Canada Life Center. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i here for Moose practice, obviously, but uh, they just finished up a scrimmage. And uh, yeah, I could make it in time to uh, record. So here we are. We quite literally just got through the intro. You're perfectly timed. Perfect. That was Look absolutely that. perfect. No, I was just hyping It was like up, we planned uh, it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was just hyping up your coverage uh, because we were talking a little bit about the moose uh, and, you know, Danny Shilkin, which we'll get to. Oh, yeah. Uh, but um, we're going to kick right into game three here, where not exactly what you wanted to see from the Jets coming into, you know, their environment. This is this was supposed to be their advantage. And uh, game three was for two periods very very lopsided in vegas's favor um before we get to the third period in that one first two periods ugly very very ugly very ugly well josh morrissey goes down in the first minute right first Uh, shift yeah first shift he plays and then he comes back he comes back for the power play he's clearly laboring um 
it just does not look good for him. And then he immediately gets ruled out for the game, immediately ruled out for the series. So that starting from there is a terrible way to start the game, losing your your best defenseman. And then Neil Pionk ends up having to play 40 minutes in this one because it goes to double OT. We'll get into the overtimes in the third period. But once Morrissey went down, it just kind of felt like the Jets couldn't generate anything offensively. And the first two periods were clear cut, like just they were struggling. You could tell why Vegas was the top seed. Their forecheck was all over the uh, Jets defense. And uh, yeah, I don't know how you saw it, Elliot, but it just looked like they couldn't they weren't they didn't they couldn't get clean exits. Without oh, th- that their ability to break four checks right now and get in the transition game without Josh Morrissey, who they have a prospect actually on the team that Connor is covering that's really good at uh, breaking four checks, but they don't want to play him. <laughs> but we won't get into that discussion. Um, Morrissey is one of their better um, guys at breaking four checks, and as soon as he goes down, it's kind of it's kind of I thought it was kind of game over at that point. Um, but um keep going i'll mute myself i don't know what's going on here <laughs> i don't know it's not the fire alarm it's just some horn going off keep going Elliot. you're good yeah. anyway um so yeah it <laughs> all over to the place today in this episode but as soon as he goes down that first period i didn't think was great i don't think it was the worst either but i tweeted about it i think at, after game four um there are second periods this year Man, other than like one or two this year that I've actually liked, every other one has either been mediocre or bad. And that was another bad second period from the Jets. And it's, and it was 4-1 going into the third. I I, I kind of want – I didn't – obviously, it's playoff hockey. I don't turn the TV off. But I really genuinely debated about just deciding to go watch NBA playoffs or finding another game to watch because I just didn't – I didn't really have the motivation to watch after they played like that in the second period. Well, it's funny you say that because so I had to write a like a post game piece about it. And after the second, I had started jotting some stuff down and the piece was very like, this is why they lost. This is why this the, the, like it was just li- listing off things as like negatives. Uh, I get there, then Nino scores. So you got you got a need a writer goal to make it, uh, you know, a four two game, first of all. I saw it on Twitter. His shot is so harmless until it leaves the stick. Like it is scary how uh, it just it looks just like an easy little drag, and then suddenly it's in the back of the net. Like that was absolutely that release was unbelievable. Yeah, oh, that was gorgeous. Awesome. Yeah, so you get that, and you're like, oh, maybe there's some life here because it was fairly early in the period. Uh, then it was as if they had you know regained their form that you had seen from you know, the, you know, game one, first period of game two, where they were just constantly in the Vegas end doing everything they possibly can to score. You get a goal from Shifley, another beautiful shot, cross body, you know, opposite corner of the net. Um, Great shot there. And then Lowry ties it with 22 seconds left in the third. So storybook, absolutely storybook. Yeah. That, that goal was one of the craziest and like in jets 2.0, since the team came back, um, I wrote in my piece that was arguably one of the biggest goals that they've scored to date. Just their their comeback goal. against Edmonton, if it had had a crowd, right. I probably would have rivaled oh, that. Yeah, that yeah. that would have been absolutely nuts. Yeah. But yeah, my girlfriend said as soon as when Lowry scored, it ju- like she was so she was in the suites, so she's obviously not. Te- she's technically still sitting in the arena, 
but right, like but yeah she, it's still nuts yeah, yeah it's still loud like she said it was mm. she's not technically a part of the arena but it was she said it was ear piercingly loud when that puck went in which i don't even know how he even got his stick on that puck in the crease i'm i don't know how nobody lifted his stick it he was got just, two oh, chances that puck, at, that puck was a grenade and he just whacked at it and yeah he, he had it, it on his net. stick hit it off of brassois pad and i thought that was it and nobody yeah. stick lifted him he just got another chance at it and then went in so mm-hmm. yeah i i don't even know how we even got to that overtime let alone two of them but but I, yeah. I think the biggest thing that was noticeable in the third was the philosophy to just shoot the puck. Yeah. Like we yeah. talk about how Lauren Brassois is not really like a game breaker. He had a good game four, but you just throw the puck at the net like the like the Lowry goal. Pion takes yeah. the puck up off the wall and just fires it to the net. And that Lowry, weeks, just, by the way, it was just a, a weak <laughs> rebound. Yeah, weak shot, weak rebound. It's just laying there and he just bats it in and it's like well if you just throw more pucks to the net maybe brassois spits out a terrible rebound and goals happen because of it but going into the third they only had like 12 shots or something yeah Yeah. oh yeah you're not gonna gonna win and 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 when you can let vegas get away with playing lauren brassois and having a goalie that looks shaky they're gonna roll you which is what they did in the first two periods but that clearly changed yeah and it it's it's unfortunate because such a great game ended on a terrible terrible bounce and it is a play that honestly it happens probably three four times a game and it just the uh you know the, the players just aren't in the right positions and can't get capitalized on a pass off the inside of a vegas player's foot perfectly ricocheted to michael amadio in front of uh the net uh and then the game's over, like just like that. And it, I feel terrible for Dylan Sandberg because he had played like the most minutes he had played all season. He was, you know, mid twenties. Um, yeah. He was playing great. The rest of the defensive group was playing great, but then that reflects on him and he was just beside himself. And that obviously that makes sense, but it's just, you, you yeah. feel terrible for the guy after he was playing so well. And he was trying to put it up to Connor on the boards there. Uh, so he's, I guess you just put it right to the boards, but even then, like it was just a weird bounce off the inside of a skate. Like it's not something you can be like, Oh, fundamentally he's doing something wrong here. I was saying to people like you you just knew the game was going to end on on something just dumb, whether it was Vegas uh, that turned it over to the jets and the jets won it or Sandberg that did that. You just knew the game was going to end on like a bad bounce or like a scrum in front of the net, something gross, just because it was double OT and it was these two teams are battling it out. Right. But yeah, I agree. Sandberg played great and it sucks. It sucks that he turned the puck over because it kind of diminished how good of a game he ended up having. Yeah. Like it was a dog fight all up until that point. And it just kind of suddenly abruptly ended. like, like even a scrum, like you can at least anticipate it. Like that puck squared out in the front of the net and, you know, bunch of times in that game alone that that happened. I felt pretty good about that puck getting out of there and it just kind of, the game just kind of ended. And so, I mean, look, will I say that Sandberg maybe should have the safer play was to play along the boards to Kyle Connor. Absolutely. He made a little bit of a gamble and it's not like his gamble was a complete failure because it probably, the puck probably gets there. If Barbashev doesn't just accidentally not intentionally have his skate, like he's, he's striding opposite he, he, Sandberg. He's at the end of a shift 
and he's just like standing there. He's not yeah, even like he's not he's making skating, a plan of the plug. He's, he's just he's, standing there. He kind of curls and skates in the opposite direction of Sandberg. Like it was like they were pull pushing and like and it just hit it hit, hits his skate and normally normally you see a puck like that either go back into the corners sandberg would circle back to go get it or whatever other outcome you want to come come out of that situation with but it's unfortunate and you know yeah it, it just sucks because he, he he was having a good game and now the narrative around him is oh he made a big mistake and i don't th- think he deserves to play and like that's the narrative I see on social media and people I've talked to. And it's it's kind of like you have to look at the situation and go, okay, he was playing really well up until that point. He was probably having one of his better games of the year. You could chalk that up. But an unlucky bounce leads to a goal against. I get it's in the playoffs and all it takes is one mistake. But because of that one mistake does not mean you just completely throw out the rest of his performance. And exactly that's yeah. that. Also, so, you can avoid that entirely by, you know, just scoring in general. Or having a better first period. Just having just a better game in general. Like, this entire series, we've seen two different Jets teams. One that looks like, uh, you know, the last, uh, you know, seven games of the season. uh, And then one that looks like, like the two... um, Like the two-month span there where the Jets were just awful from February, March. Uh, And once again... Uh, we got that, uh, that sort of, you know, two sides of the coin thing with them in game four. Like, yeah, yeah that, that just... game four was, I, funny enough, I will tell you right now, I was looking on money puck before we started this episode and I looked at the deserved to win, deserved to win a meter. They actually have the jets in favor of winning game four. And it's not like it's yeah. 51, 49%. Like it's like closer to 60%, like 60, 40 didn't split. Feel like it. And, it, and I will, and well, I will say that that's why I want to bring that up. It did not feel 60, 40. Absolutely. The reason, the reason it doesn't feel like it is because I'm pretty sure both teams generated like two expected goals in this game. So it, it wasn't like it was four, four or like four and a half to four. So it was like high flying action. This was a game that did not have a lot of chances. Uh, it was a lot of point shots from the Jets, which can you really blame them after Mark Shifley goes down on the weirdest injury I think I've seen in a long time. He just Second game in a row, go- someone gets hurt in the on their first, first shift. shift like, yeah. And comes out for a power play, takes one shot, <laughs> yeah. and then that's it. Exactly. No, it was becoming a theme. When a player gets hurt, don't send them out for the ensuing power play. Don't do it. Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, can you really blame the Jets for taking a million point shots? No. Um, that probably inflated their XG numbers a little bit. But that's the reason it's it's kind of swayed. The Jets played a really good defensive game, and their offensive game basically relied solely on the Bear and Lowry Appleton line getting pucks to the point, tipping shots, looking for rebounds. Um, and without a second line, like without Ehlers and Shifley, the second line was Wheeler. Wheeler, who played great. Well, we'll I was gonna say, that. yeah, he he tried his heart out. Um, he, he played great. Someone brought this up, and I, I I still don't know how realistic it is. There is a chance, just given his age, given his injury history, there might be one of those like LTIR things with Wheeler in the last year of his contract because he obviously he's not going to retire and you know with one year left, eight you know over eight million on that that deal, right? But also, I think you can tell that he's sort of slowed down. I think he's probably can uh, he can probably identify that. That being said, that was the best effort I've seen on a Blake Wheeler all season. 
the best game I think he's played all year. And I don't know if it was the last home game we might see him if things don't go well in Vegas on, uh, you know, I guess when this comes out today um, and the season ends, is that the last home game? We don't know. Like it could, that's the thing too. It could be the last given the uncertainty in the off season, the last one for Dubois, the last one for Shifley. And it's a major downer to think about that. Um, but it, it's true. Like it's, is that one of the last moments that we see some of these guys in the core? Um, and I think, that was quite interesting for seeing such an incredible game from Blake Wheeler. It looked like a Wheeler from two, three years ago, where he was actually like just totally dominant when he had it. And then he, it was, he was the one not get, getting the support. Yeah. Weirdly enough. Yeah. The whole year it's kind of been like his line mates have been carrying him or he's the one that's turning puck overs at bad times. But he played his heart out. You could tell he he left it out, left it all out on the ice. And that's all you can ask for. I tweeted out when Shifley went down. I was like, all you can ask for at this point is a good effort because this team is down so many key players yeah. that I don't even know like if even if they give their best effort, if they'll win. So that's all you can really ask for is that when you're the eight seed and you lose your best defenseman, your number one center, your number one winger, like this is just ridiculous. And they, in game four, they cared. Like you can't, you can slight certain players for what happened or on the ice, whatever. Um, but it looked at, like a team that cared and was desperate and just came out on the wrong side of some bounces. Yeah. That's all. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah, I I don't really know if there's much anything else other to say than that. Like, I mean, Blake Wheeler potentially playing his last game is, you know what, and I'll say this, I know he's not the captain anymore, and I know we don't have a captain, but that was a captain's performance to me. And I know he has been, and so obviously he has that in him, but we haven't, like, that was by far, and that's not even close, his best game of the year. Like, and I'll put that out there right now. And that's when you want guys to have their best games. Unfortunately, it ended in a loss, but yeah, he he played like a captain. He was out there to try to lead the rest of his team to try to win to get a victory, and he fell short because you know you're you're without, like you said, Connor, you're without so many key guys that it, at that point at that point that roster that the Jets have that they throw out there is not even close to a playoff team without who they who they should have in the lineup. Like, yeah. let alone this team barely got in with who they had. Yeah. That team without those guys that make that difference. The the Vegas is playing a team that should be vying for a top 10 lottery spot. Yeah. So like, it, you're, you're 100% right there. Like, imagine if Josh Morrissey was out or not on this team, right? Like, what, the Jets would not make the playoffs this year. So yeah. Yeah. You, get, you get into a playoff series against the best team in the West, and then you lose them it's no surprise that the jets are losing two home games in a row and can't generate offense and can't exit the zone. Like all this stuff, just, I know like the, the injuries, you can't predict injuries, but Absolutely. what when the injuries happened, none of, none of what's happened after that has been surprising to me. Yeah. Except for, I guess the comeback. Yeah. <laughs> the, com the comeback that. surprised yeah. everybody. Yeah. I think except for the it comeback, surprised Sportsnet no. enough to, for them to tweet about it. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. But the the five periods, except for that one, um, like the first two periods of game three and then the next three of game four, 
I I'm just not shocked at what I'm seeing. I'm just like, yeah, this is this is a team that looks like they care and they just don't have the the finishing talent, the uh their their best the players. Like, it, it looks like they're missing their best players. Yeah. I know it's lazy analysis, but they they look like they care. It's just they can't get over the hump without these players. Yeah, which absolutely. Just to obviously we're we're being complimentary of the guys who really they stood out. I got a bone to pick with uh, a certain, uh, you know, winger for the Jets. Uh, Is he a point per game scorer? Uh, I'm fed up with the effort. I'm fed up with the shot selection. Kyle Connor needs to figure something out because he's pissing me off. Can he actually win a battle on the boards? That's my question. He's never okay, won a board No, he's battle. never done that his whole career. I know. Um, that's, that's, I, I want to see if he, <laughs> that's my challenge for him for game five. Win one battle along the boards and I will shut my mouth. But yeah. But the thing is with that, like, it's not even like the, I'm not expecting him to go in there and muscle guys around like Lowry. It's the simple ones where it's like he avoids contact on the boards. uh, And then the puck just slides past him. Like it quite literally, if he puts himself up against the boards, it's not going to be a big hit or anything. A bunch of 50, 50 pucks are suddenly in the jets, like, like in the jets hands. Like it's, it's that. And then the thing that really gets me though, is what happened to the, the the cold blooded shooter that Kyle Connor was uh, last season. Like he's, yeah. he's double clutching. He's, you know, toe dragging. The Jets needed a goal with a minute left in the game. And his go-to shot selection was, I'm going to shoot this puck from below the goal line. It's the only shot that he took that actually hit the net. I just, my thing is, his whole thing is that he is a a scorer. He's supposed to score. And we talked about it earlier this year where he was doing the right things and just wasn't getting the bounces. Now he's doing the wrong things and still not getting the bounces. Like he's got a couple goals in the series. Um, and it's for, for like the, the first goal that he scored in game one was just because quick release, just get it off. Uh, I find that when the power play runs through him, things die out because he waits too long or he takes a bad shot uh, or he tries to pass it off. Like it, it just, it feels as if he doesn't want to take the shot right away anymore and i honestly think that if he does it there's probably a few more goals for him in the series like he's letting brassois get over and then he hits him in the chest like it's 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 something that you're not going to score on but if if you get brassois having to slide over and you just put it somewhere near him not even like if it's it's just a little bit of a quicker shot suddenly you got rebound suddenly it's going through it's little things like that and then combine that with his i mean it's it's not a new thing his you know off the puck efforts uh like at this point like i truly don't know if there's a more frustrating player on the team because you know what he's capable of he he was a point per game player this season uh and he's doing this when it matters most and it really is so frustrating because you know that he has more in the tank that he's just he's changed his approach and i just don't think it's right and i don't know what needs to change in order for him to become himself again yeah and you guys talk about the board battles like it, again, the reason he's with Dubois and Niederreiter is so that he doesn't have to get in any board battles because those guys are arguably two of the best on the team, right? So it's a clear move by the Jets coaching staff to minimize the amount of board battles that Kyle Connor's in because he's put in with the two skilled, big players on the team. Adam Lowry has four goals, so I probably shouldn't leave his name out. Um, but he is the elite finishing talent. He is. He is the, the he missing is piece. The, the cons with, with Shifley out. I mean, hey, he's he's the next guy up, next man up. Uh, no, but I, I agree. I just don't. I don't know where we go from here. 
because all the things you said were, were right. Uh, and it's frustrating to watch. And the Jets need goals more than now, more than ever. They need goals. And especially when, when all these injuries are happening, the top line needs to be flying. The top line needs yeah. to be producing a ton in the, in game four, I haven't rewatched it or I haven't checked any of the analytics really. But I, when I was in the building, it felt to me like the first line was not doing enough. It felt like the Baron Lowry Appleton line was getting a lot of zone time, a lot of point shots. Like I said, a lot of rebounds. But the top line of Connor Dubois and Nina Ryder had shifts. They had moments, but it just wasn't consistent enough. And when you have this many injuries, you're doomed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I don't know. It's, I don't know what else you can say about Kyle Connor. I'm assuming, does he have one or two in the series? I believe it's two. Or is it just the one in game one? You got the one in game one from Dubois. Oh, I don't wait, think didn't, he, got didn't one. he initially get credited with one and then it changed? Wasn't it like a deflection? Or was Maybe. that before the playoffs? Either way, doesn't matter. He has one, let's say he has one goal in four games. Now, for a guy who's in the bottom six, you go, eh, that's not terrible, but it's not it's got great. Two goals. It's got two. Two Did goals, two? one okay. assist, three points. That's a frustrating three points. Because <laughs> well, he, he had the first because... goal in uh, game three. Oh, right. Yes, that yes. is correct. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is correct. Either go. way, he scored in game one and three. So what you're saying is the pattern means that in game five. We'll game score. five. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter at this point. I don't care. It just feels like yes, he has two goals in four games. It feels like he should have five in four. He should when's he should the, be quote unquote goal per game. But when's the multi goal game coming, Elliot? I don't think it is coming. I don't think <laughs> you're it going is. back on that now. I don't. I, I but he's not playing how he should be. <laughs> I respect. It. And I'm pretty sure I, I yeah. clarified that. I said if he plays the way he normally does, expect a multi goal game. Yeah. And I will clarify that and say, if he plays like he does. We will get a multi-goal game from Kyle Connor, but if he keeps continuing to play like how he is, I don't think we see him on the score sheet again unless it's an assist. And well, it's probably gonna be a secondary assist. Yeah, and, and we might only see him one more time, right? The Jets play Thursday, 9 p.m. Vegas. It's do or die. That's uh, the thing. We Shifer. hope that we're yeah. not recording again on Friday. Right. Um, yeah. I would at least if, like them to come back one more time. Yeah, give give them a game six. If uh, they lose in game six at home, then maybe we get a. A standing crowd ovation clap for the rest of them. And there'll least. be more fireworks after the game. That was ridiculous, by the way. Yeah, I, I, fireworks after I a keep loss. My voice down. I'm in the building, but uh, game four they lose. You walk out and they're shooting off fireworks. Whose idea they was that? They were expecting a they win. Walk. That's why. Well, you know what? You know what it was. They bought fireworks, and they didn't. They didn't win either of the games at home. So they were just like game four. They're like, okay, screw it. We got to use these somehow. They just. Yep shot them off but they they would have done it for game three if they won they would have done it for game four which i think we had to start asking how much of an advantage the whiteout really is um granted the the actual whiteout i I think it is an advantage but only if the jets have a good core around them but like if the team's actually good we're i'm not going to count uh like i mean you (laughs) technically can count the uh the covid years um no you can't because there's no crowd uh, but like they the had they, they pumped the noise in and then it was a sea of white yeah it was just white seats it um, wasn't, but you need, even like, if you crowd. don't they still they have not won a game at home uh in the playoffs since game one of the western conference final in 2018 that's nuts that's yeah. five years ago 
Yeah. Like that's so, a long time. And it just of, been in the playoffs a few times. Speaking of going back to old playoff series, um, I don't know if you guys get this vibe. I know they've won a game and they didn't win a game in this series. This feels like their first playoff series back when they played the Ducks. They just feel completely outmatched. Mm. And it doesn't feel close. Well, I, that, I, that's I, how it feels I like argue, to me. Though, the, the Jets, honestly, played well enough to beat the Ducks in 2015, but they just did not get any saves. That is fair. They led well, yeah, for like 80% could... of that series. Yeah. You could say like the Jets are like showing the effort. They're playing the right way in this series. They just don't have the finishing talent because it's all hurt. It's now the inverse. Now it's, they have yeah. the goal and now they don't. They can't finish. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, it's we're 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 going to Game Five. They got to win in Vegas. That's a tough thing to do, but they've done it in this series. Shifley and Ehlers are hopeful to play. I don't know what that means at this point because the Jets have been very vague. Um, yeah, we're kind of facing a similar situation here. We just talked to Declan Chisholm, um, and he said he's he's feeling good to go, but then two two minutes earlier, Mark Morrison said they're awaiting the medical report. So it's the exact same thing, right? Um, but yeah, back to the Jets. Do or die. Maybe no, definitely no Morrissey. Maybe no Shifley. Maybe no Ehlers. What are you guys? like hoping to see like obviously all i'm asking for is a good effort i think we're all just asking for a solid effort from the team but what are some things you think they need to do start with brian some things you need to do to actually beat vegas on the road to keep your season alive we need to see connor hellebuck not the connor hellebuck we've seen where he's been fine in the first you know four games of the series like he hasn't been his uh shut everyone down quality but neither is brassois both goalies have been you know slightly below average uh but it's a sample size right like it's four game set where um i saw this too on money puck the worst goalie right now in the playoffs uh, statistically is andre vasilevsky andre vasilevsky is not a the worst goalie in the league and especially not the 16th best goalie in the league uh it's it's a, a point where in a four-game set, stuff can go wrong, but eventually they're going to look like themselves. And the Jets' effort aside, they need Hellebuck to be Hellebuck because they can put out the best effort they possibly can, and I'm not convinced that they win unless Hellebuck is almost perfect. Yeah. And he hasn't had a game like that, right? We talked about it on the last pod where we're waiting for a game for Connor Hellebuck to steal, and he hasn't done it yet. He played good in yeah. game four. It's a bad bounce off of Ivan Barbashev's stick that goes past Ivan Barbashev him. apparently is just all over this series, I guess. And he's not even trying to be. The Samberg yeah. goal, he's just standing there. And then the, his goal that goes that Shea Theodore shoots, his stick is just there, and it goes off and top corner. He's not trying to have an impact on this series, but he is. Anyways, Thanks, St. Louis. St. Louis um, is always biting us. I don't get this. Yeah. No, but I agree. Connor Hellbuck has to have a signature game. Um, game five, no better time, season on the line. I don't know about you, Elliot, but that, that's what I want to see. I'm going to stick in the goaltending uh, department here, but I think this, we talked about with shot selection. Con, uh, uh, not Connor Hellbuck, geez. Uh, Lauren Brossois has no high glove. That Every goal the Jets have scored that's been a quote-unquote snipe has been high glove. If I'm if I'm somebody on the Jets and I'm going out there and I'm and I'm Kyle Connor and I have a good shot, I am aiming unless you see an opening anywhere else, 
I am aiming high glove almost every single time because it looks like Brassois has no idea on how to make a glove save if, if it's above his waist. He has had trouble with that this entire series. And I was kind of hoping the Jets would catch on to that and just keep shooting high glove because if he can't catch one high glove, then it's probably hitting that bottom padding part and it's probably falling into the crease and you're getting at least a rebound opportunity. But I think the Jets, not even just shot selection, shot location, I think also now has to be in their mind. Like you either need to start shooting for rebounds and forcing Brossois to try to corral some of those or just keep shooting high glove because it doesn't seem like he knows how to make a save high glove. And that's no knock on Brossois. He's played great this series. It's just been, again, another trend that we've noticed that he, the, he cannot, he has no idea. It's like he's new to goaltending and he has no idea how to raise his glove higher up than his, probably his shoulder. But, well, I, even in like the, like the, the game four where there wasn't a lot of chances, anything that hit him, he just seemed uncertain about, especially after the goal went in. They just, they don't seem to be opportunistic in actually identifying the fact that like, oh, if you just put a bunch of shots at Brassois, chances are he's going to bobble one. Like it just did. That's what they found. That they I thought they would have figured that out in game three yeah. in the third period because that's what it was. They just threw the puck at the net, and sometimes it beat them clean. Like the Nino goal was high glove, and it just beat them clean. And yeah. the Shifley goal was high glove. It just beat them clean. Like, just throw pucks at the net, high glove. Um, yeah, I that, that that's a great point, Elliot, because I, I hadn't thought about that, but now that you bring it up, a lot of the goals I'm thinking back on were high glove. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, it's, it's a trend to the point that they need to – you'd think that the coaching staff would be noticing that and going, hey, hey, let's keep shooting high glove because we're probably going to score five if we do so because I don't think he seems to know how to keep track of those and get his glove in the, those positions. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you have anything else to add here, Connor, uh, about sort of like the keys to victory. Um I do oh. have I do have one thing. Oh, um, the Jets are stepping onto the ice for practice right now. Not here, I was just gonna say <laughs> in Vegas. Um, Nikolai Ehlers is on in a regular jersey. Ken Weeb was saying, "Let's see which unit he skates with." Um, if we waited another two three minutes, I think uh, Colperfetti is on in a non contact jersey. Um, Ehlers Shifley? is there. is not no yet. Shifley. But then again, practice hasn't officially started yet. My key to a game five victory is get healthy. Yeah, <laughs> if and that and that Ehlers, comes with time, exactly. Which they don't have any. With if Mark Shifley and Nikolai Ehlers can be in the lineup um, and play to eighty percent of the players that they are, um, I'm not saying put them in the lineup if they are eighty percent. I'm saying they're gonna have to knock some, knock some rust off. Um, Shifley, not so much. We don't know how healthy his left side is. I don't know what it is, but. If Ehlers and Shefley can play and just fill holes in the top six, I think they have a, a good chance. And if we, we need to see Connor Halbuck, right? Um, but yeah, I just wanted to highlight that because the Jets are stepping on for practice right now in Vegas. So yeah, that's something to keep an eye on for sure. Um, well, we're going to depart the NHL chat now and go into some AHL talk because the Moose kick off their, uh, their playoff journey on Friday. But before we do that, firstly, we're going to uh, take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, DraftKings. But before we do that, Elliot's got to leave us today. Uh, so hopefully we're back later than Friday with with uh, the three of us talking about the series. Uh, and because that'll mean that they've some they've won game five in Vegas and they're coming home. 
Um, but uh, Elliot, uh, thanks for uh, you know your your insight and sharing in my frustrations. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Always. Uh, if you have any closing remarks, uh, feel free. But uh, uh, if not, uh, we'll be back uh, in a very short uh, short time here with uh, some moose talk here after our ad. Other than uh, go Jets um, and <laughs> hopefully go. go Moose on Friday. Um, might be at the game. So if you're a fan of LFP, yep. check, see, I'll be come there. And find me. Yeah, come and, come and find We'd say Connor too, but he's too cool for I us. I can come down for, for warm-ups. I yeah, can come he'll, down. he'll be in the press we'll box. We'll do a little so. LFP, LFP, LFP live, live hit. Uh, yeah, live hit yeah. from, uh, from the um, concourse. Let's do it. But yeah, keep a lookout for Moose stuff and uh, yeah, go Jets. All right. Well, uh, see you later, Elliot. And uh, we'll be right back after this message. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Right now from DraftKings Sportsbook, the Winnipeg Jets are currently a plus 155 underdog on the money line against the Vegas Golden Knights in Game 5. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Do you have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text Hope NY 467 369. In Kansas, call 1 800 522 4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for other details. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling resources. Uh, welcome back, everyone. Uh, thanks again to DraftKings for uh, sponsoring us uh, this week. Um, so Elliot's gone, but Connor's still here with me, and we're going to talk Moose. As you can see, he uh, if you're watching on YouTube here, he's got the the seats in behind him. He's at the I'm arena. He just watched them practice. Uh, yeah. Before we get into anything else, what stood out to you uh, from uh, from practice today? First of all, the Moose are blasting music under me. Can you hear that or no? No, before I we, can't. Before we, okay, perfect. Because uh, I can hear it. Anyways, <laughs> in practice today, Danny Jokin's here. Dimitri Kuzmin is here. The rookies. Um, they looked great. They looked in place. Declan Chisholm, he shed his non-contact jersey. He's finally in the lineup, right? Um, and yeah, they scrimmaged They scrimmaged for ten, uh, 20 minutes. Jokin was the only one to score. Uh, Alex Lamoche put it in the empty net, but I don't count that. Um, but I don't think Jokin or Kuzmin are going to play. In the, in the playoffs here just because they're skating with the extras at this point. So it, it would be a bit of a stretch to to see them in the lineup. Arvid Holm and Oskari Salmanen are up with the Jets right now. I was going to so, ask about that. So the only goalie, they have one on a PTO. I'm not sure his name, but their goalie right now is Evan Cormier. Uh, and Mark Morrison was very hesitant to say, but it looks like he's going to be the starter for Friday. Uh, and Cormier played decent last year he he came in and was arguably the best goalie he um he was better than burden and he's gonna have to to step up here because the jets uh need the goalies up there with riddick hurt and hellebuck needing some practice days off cormier is the only goalie left mark morrison joked he was like uh well i don't know who my goalie is gonna be because i have none here 
Um, but yeah, if Declan Chisholm is in the lineup, if Evan Cormier is there, um, this is about as full strength of, as they've been in a while because Chisholm has obviously been out with a high ankle sprain. But it was nice to be here at practice and see Jilkin and Kuzmin. Um, I know we're big fans of Danny Jilkin, and he looked great today. He's flying out there. So um, to hear. yeah, it was it was good to see. Um, obviously, this changes things. If if the Jets uh, end up, you know, falling short, uh, well, when this comes out today. Uh, the goalie thing won't be an issue for right because both guys will be returned. W- could you see one of them getting returned back down to uh, the moose? Because yeah, because uh, like that's the thing. Like if if Holmes there, like he'll be like the backup anyways. Uh, if Riddick's hurt, or he'll be mm-hmm. the extra goalie body, uh, or Salmonin, or vice versa, whatever. Um, if Riddick is good to back up. Uh, even if he isn't, I wouldn't be shocked if maybe Arvid Holm goes back down because it's kind of empty the tanks. You that's all you got for, uh, yeah, you know, for game five because if you you fall short, that's it. That's you're done. Right. Um. I I still think there there's a, a nuance to it because the Jets might lose Thursday and Holm might still be up, and then they lose. So obviously they send him back down. But you're not going to play a guy who's traveling the day of misses morning skate. Like they're still going to start Cormier. I think game one. Um, but if Riddick is practicing today, um, maybe they send Holm back down today and then they, he makes the morning skate tomorrow and he's been practicing with the Jets. So he's good to go. Right. Um, it's a lot to be desired right now. I, my best bet would be Cormier for game one, but, uh, well, I can answer your question. Uh, no Riddick today in practice. So then, yeah, the, the chances of seeing Evan Cormier in the net in game one just went up a, a significant amount. Um, and that, that goes Friday, seven Milwaukee admirals. Again, tickets still available. Uh, tickets still available. LFB live. Uh, <laughs> no, but that'll, that'll be really fun. I, I'm excited to, to watch, uh, these players in the playoffs and yeah, Milwaukee. I mean, half their team, we were Dave Manuka of legal curve. And I were, we're looking at Milwaukee's roster and there's like eight players that were playing up with Nashville for the last month of the season. And now they're back down so that team went up and got a lot of valuable experience and it's going to be it's going to be a really good series because again the moose when healthy are one of the best teams in the ahl and they're getting healthy so well i mean on that thread with with them being seasoned vets now apparently um what's the key for the moose to come out on top in the series against milwaukee well milwaukee has the best power play in the league and the best penalty kill in the division so I'd say stay out of the box is like the number one, like be disciplined, stay out of the box. Cause if you put Milwaukee and all those NHL players that played for the last month in, in Nashville on the power play, they will make you pay. Um, I asked Mark Morrison today, what he's seen from his film study with the power play. And he was basically saying they get a lot of guys to the front of the net. They are threat from all three uh, like outside areas. Um, and they just capitalize on rebounds. Um, the Moose have a good power, pl- uh, sorry, penalty kill as well to counter that, but they they just need to stay disciplined and keep. You don't want to trifle with strength. that, though. No, you don't at all, um, because Milwaukee's power play is uh, dynamite, and it can change the series. Right, the Moose need to take the first two games at home because the AHL playoff format it's a best of five. The first two games, Friday and Sunday, are going to be here at Canada Life Center, and then they're going to go to Milwaukee for game three, four, and five. If you let Milwaukee split 
in the first two games, it's basically over. Because if you have to go to Milwaukee and win two games, that is a tall ask, no matter how healthy your team is, no matter how uh, good your goaltending is. I'm gonna say, no matter who your goalies be, are, because we no matter who know. your goalies are. Yeah, but no, they, they've got to split or they, sorry, they've got to sweep the home games on Friday and Sunday and stay out of the box. Those are the things I'm I'm watching for. Yeah, so it'll be it's gonna be tough because yeah. there's really no way to uh understand who's gonna be huh because also you're you're possibly looking at uh once again, this really all hinges on um what happens with the Jets. Yeah. Because Probably not for game one, as you said, because then you're asking a lot of travel. Uh, but guys like uh, um, Stenland, uh, you know, Axel Janssen Fialbi, Fialbi, they're eligible to go down. They're eligible yep. to get sent down. Yep. So they could be reinforcements. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's hard to predict. Um, the best we can ask, though, is just to get a great, effort from them in game one and then uh hope that you can keep things lighter on evan cormier because yeah uh you don't want things to like no offense to cormier but he's what spent most of his year in the the chl this year right yes and he just now got called up um his stats weren't great either so i'm not sure if the team in front of him was really bad or what but he's a good goalie um he'll be able to fill in and play well in game one I'm, I'm pretty confident in saying that we'll, we'll see what actually ends up being the case but I don't think that the moose are at a well obviously um for Milwaukee Yaroslav Askarov former first round pick is going to be their goalie it's also so kind I of like a, a wild card I feel like he he's is, always yeah. he's always one of those guys that he has these moments of being like okay maybe he might be NHL ready because and then his games where he just blows up yeah, so, so we'll I, he, he's no consistency. So if you can catch him a little bit off, then suddenly Oof, the series yeah. becomes a way more interesting. But yeah, um, yeah, it'll be a it'll be a fun series. Hoping for a different outcome than last year. Um, just before we go here, I just want to say so Ehlers is in uh, re- the regular jersey as we said, and he's yeah. skating on a line with uh, Nemestikov and Niederreiter. Okay, that's much better than skating with extras. So uh, and then. Go. There's no Stenland, no Shifley, no Dubois in practice today. No Dubois. I'm assuming Why? Dubois mainly just kind of banged up, but not like he played the whole game. Not banged up enough to. Um, but that means there's the also game. they're missing three centers in practice. Yeah. Uh, so currently the, the placeholders, uh, uh, Gustafson's playing between um, Connor and Wheeler, which nice. scares me. Shifley. Yeah, Connor I'm scared, <laughs> terrified. Uh, yeah, we'll because see. we know that that doesn't work in extended periods, but who knows? Uh, and then uh, currently, the fourth line center is Saku Manalainen. Love it. Um, Love it. So we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Um, but no, I think uh, I think we'll wrap it here. Yeah. Uh, just because uh, you know, I mean, they'll they'll probably kick you out at some point. I'm I'm parked in downtown Winnipeg. My parking's gonna expire soon. I gotta I gotta run. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Uh, Bit of a, a disjointed one today, a little bit. We've, uh, you know, glad I can make it work from I'm, I'm from the Canada only, life. I'm though. the only guest in today's episode. There um, you go. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, we uh, hope you all enjoyed. Um, hoping that we won't be recording on Friday. Right. We have another game to talk about, and uh, in which case, is game is a projected game six on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Okay. 
So then we would probably have an episode out Monday morning uh, if that is in, in fact the case uh, before a game seven. Because um, game seven would be Monday, right? Yes, Monday at like 9 p.m. because it's Vegas. Yeah. yeah. So that's where we'd be looking. But uh, until then, um, thanks again for listening, everyone. Uh, so I'm I'm nervous. Yep. Not really excited because I just I, I don't know if my heart can take it. Um, yeah. But uh, until uh, until the next time, uh, I'm Brian this is Connor. Uh, go Jets. Go Jets. You've been listening to the Level Flight Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network.